All right, welcome back to another episode of Add to List, True Detective. I'm Bob. I'm here with my co-hosts, as always, Axel and Alex. How are you guys feeling today? I feel fucking amazing. Almost. No one wants to hear about that. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I'm. I'm on my second extra battery. My body still thinks it's nine o'clock in the morning, and I've been up since. Like nine o'clock in the morning. Well, yeah, basically, like it's <laughs> nine a.m. Tokyo time, and yeah, I'm all fucked up. Anyway, today we're talking about the final episode, the finale of True Detective season three, an episode that I'm not even sure if I liked. Really? Given what happened in the seventh one last week. Okay. What'd you guys think? Give me your sucked. Hot, your it quick sucked. The whole thing sucked. <laughs> I was completely dis. I saw five minutes. Of, oh, this is this is ending exactly how we didn't. I, I didn't want it to end. It's all doo doo. Everything, was, everything. Damn. We a lot of things we predicted and it happened. Yeah, and that's not satisfying. You don't want to know. You don't want to. You want shocking stuff. I didn't get any shock. Everything was pretty vanilla. Hmm. Let's uh, recap the episode right now. We'll start with the opening scene. Just it follows the last scene of the last episode where we see Michael Rooker in the car with, or uh, sorry, Michael Rooker as Edward Hoyt in the car. Whoops, dropping stuff with Wayne, and they're talking about everything we thought. It's like it take go, him out it, to the woods. It goes basically as we expected. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you, like we're trying to figure out like you know I know what happened. They both don't want to reveal what they know, et cetera, et cetera. Instead of just going through every plot point, what did each of you think of this scene? Did this like rise to your level of ec- of expectations for this for this meet? First this time I face-to-face? first time I watched that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm right, and I just glossed over it. The second time I saw that scene, glaring plot hole. There's no incentive for either like that that thing that happens there where he ba- they basically have like a standoff and they both decide that. If they leave each other alone, it's a lot better than mutually assured destruction. Hoyt actually has Homeboy by the balls. He should just do it anyway. Like I realize that there's no incentive for Hoyt to to not like rat him out, mm, or know. or like there's no reason for him to keep his end of the bargain and and actually keep looking for Julie. There's no way that 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 Wayne would ever know. If you were in his position, other than just dislike agreement that you have with this other guy who who killed your boy and who knows ah you're not really sure how much he knows he's a problem the girl being out there is also a problem even if you have this agreement with with Wayne and you both decide we're going to be quiet Hoyt has no reason not to to stop looking for Julie he has to find Julie because if Julie ends up in the wrong hands she can tell her story, and he's implicated. And he has no way of, like, he has to get rid of her. Like, at least that's the way that I think about it. He, she's the, 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 the most dangerous threat, and he, ha- he has no incentive to not look for her. The problem I have with the whole Hoyt character, the whole Hoyt, involvement, Hoyt family involvement is um, I don't believe that they're an actually actual family. I don't see them together. I don't know anything about them up until episode eight yeah so i don't care there's no character development there at all i don't care why i mean i get the sense that oh he's a protective uh patriarch but 
not even then. He's just a bum doing safari uh, trips. Yeah. (laughs) And he's a Korean vet. Okay, cool. 2015, we visit Harris James' widow. We got um, old man Roland and Wayne still walking around with their badges. They speak to um, the late Mrs. Harris James. And I didn't get a whole lot out of this other than she describes how Watts came to the house a few weeks after Harris goes missing and they get a name. And when they find out that his name is Junius, it's like, well, Junius, Mr. June, his name is probably Junius Watts. They're in the car. Um, and that's, it's just, I don't know. It's another scene that just gets, gets our old, our old dogs just, you know, it gives them a scent, right? That's a pretty brief scene. We then move on to 1980 and we can see the reasons why Wayne is pushed out of major crimes and into this this desk job. One thing I noticed about that scene, when he's packing up his shit and leaves Roland, he says, what? We can still go grab a beer? See a game? Yeah. That's the same shit that Roland says to him when they were out in the backyard. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, we never went and grabbed a beer. We never went and saw a game. So that's the moment when, when, when Roland is in the back porch talking to to Wayne about like what he did, what happened. That's the moment where he's kind of like, you broke up with me. And then when I tried to bring you back in the fold, I, I, I understood it as you trying, like that's, that's you not being able to handle your emotions, which is essentially what happens with Amelia, right? She also comes back to him, gives him a second try. And that's when he's able to kind of metabolize that. And, him trying to bring him back into the fold and then leaving and never talking to him again. But grabbing a beer, isn't that the same as like having a few shooting rats? Because of the first episode, first scene when they were introduced? Like having so they did have rats. some beers. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, well, before he got <laughs> demoted, yeah. I'm talking about like right after that when he decides he's going to take the desk job because he doesn't The very want- first thing is like... Right, they're shooting. They're having. Uh, they're drinking high life. Yeah, yeah but that so was they've had eighty. Okay, this and is then, this is like eighty one. Yeah. Okay, we'll grab a few. I'm and just saying it sounded like they've never done it before. No, what what Axel's saying and and what I agree with is that. What, I think we learned, or what I learned, or let's say what I what I, felt was confirmed is that. Roland is far pretty different from Wayne and we all we're always talking about Wayne's history. He's the protagonist of the story really. Even though Roland is in as many scenes they're they're you know they're like together but these it's all seen really through through Wayne's point of view. And everything is wrapped up in Wayne's persona, his relationship with Amelia, the case, how it affects them and we kind of move along the plot with them as partners and we see the dynamic. And we talked about it a few weeks ago about or how this more than season one was a little bit about friendship. But in that scene, I think we really saw how Wayne was really Roland's only friend. And he Roland cared quite a bit about keeping that going. Um, he says things like, you know, it's your job. Like, we're partners. 
all this kind of stuff. But in but you're right, Axel. It's like you you kind you kind of broke up with me there. You know, you did it twice. Yeah, and in '90, he I think is resentful of the fact that Wayne does not notice or did not appreciate the fact that like I'm doing this for I'm bringing you back in for personal reasons. Not just he says it's for you because they were arguing, he, like they were, you know, they were, you know, they were just being mean to each other at that moment after uh, after Tom dies. But Roland is like he's like his feelings are hurt at at every stage of this. Mm-hmm. Like Wayne hurts his feelings when he he essentially values his pride and sticking to the man more than like their working relationship. Um, we also find out that Wayne has. You been, think it's the sticking to the man? I don't think it was sticking to the man. I think it was that it was standing up for Amelia. He didn't want to hurt Amelia's reputation. No, see, I think that he was being self-righteous, and that was what I was going to get to with yeah. the breakup scene, is huh. that I think Wayne never... He, 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 he never wants to owe someone a favor, and he always wants to be the one who sacrifices and has to... And then gets to say, look what I did, and and... Like, she says as much when they argue about how, like, you're always this person who acts like everything is put upon when in reality Wayne makes choices. Hmm. And this was a choice that he made to, yes, to not burn Amelia, but Roland is kind of rightfully hurt about this because, yeah. I, again, we don't know how long they've been partners, but we know from some something that Wayne says that he had been in the state PD for 12 years since 1968 or 1969. He because uh, I guess it's it's eighty one maybe by the time he gets he gets demoted, so they've been partners for a number of years. Amelia's only been in the picture for weeks or months, and you could see how surprised Roland is when he comes down and he's like, "You're one lucky son of a bitch." Like I stuck my neck out for you. He di- he did not expect Wayne to be like, "No, I'm I'm gonna ride it out." Like I'm I'm not signing mm-hmm. that, you know. So. I don't know. I don't know if you guys got anything different from that, but I thought that it, he he was more upset by the fact that he picked Amelia over him. Yes. Yeah. He. he yeah. That's so we're we're agreeing. That yeah. Way. Yeah. Ultimately, he did pick Amelia over him, but I, I also think it, it was because he he didn't want to let um, he didn't want to be someone. He'd rather be someone who got who suffers for ten years by sticking to a principle than to do sign his name once deal with some personal blowback, which may be recoverable from anyway. Yeah. Right? There, It's not like he was burning her in a huge way. She didn't really have a career yet. and It would have been a shitty thing to do, but, you know... I think she would have understood. R- Roland looking at this goes, how in the world can you outweigh me and your job and all this for this one little pr- piece of principle? For huh. That you've... Or they've only been dating for, like, or known each other for three weeks. Yeah, before. is that what it said? Yeah, it was just yeah. a couple of weeks. You know, it was just a couple of weeks. So. You're burning your entire twelve year career. For, yeah. Well, I mean. Okay, let's move on. To oh no, wait, sorry, I'm like scrolling through this thing, and I don't want to miss a scene here. I don't want to miss a scene. Great song. And I don't want to miss a scene. That's how you do it. Find the right part of the song and you sing it. With different words. Now who's being mean? The Hoyt break-in in 2015. So we're in the car with Wayne and Roland. They... Cool scene. Yeah, it's a it's a good scene. I think... 
Lauren was like, oh, this is the this is kind of like something they do with, that you can only do with anime, like uh, do all these switch switcheroos of characters and but they're still going in one. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very noticeable. They're in the car, and as they're driving, as the as we cut away back and forth, it goes to them being old. Then it goes to them being young. Then there's a neat scene where you see, uh, I think it's 1980, Roland driving, and then in the side view mirror, it's him in ni- his 1990 face. Mm-hmm. And Wayne's checking his gun, and it's it's the '90s version of him. And there's this weird music that doesn't show up anywhere else in the show. I I I don't think I don't know if you if the music really stood out as they were driving up to the Hoyt house and through the property. Um, but I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's like it's kind of ominous. Is it horror horror movie music? I watched the yeah. show on mute. I don't. Oh, you just watch it with <laughs> subs. Yeah, that makes I didn't sense. I didn't catch the song because I was I was distracted really by the the visuals of that. I thought it was I thought it was very strong. See, I also it also has one of my my favorite like callbacks to l- previous episodes where they finally conclude that they're going to go to the Hoyt mansion. This is the scene we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he goes, "Well, I guess you're a lead detective now, lieutenant." Yeah, he's like, like "Ooh, <laughs> it's good." Damn right I am. Or it's whatever. probably the only scene that made me think a little bit what's going on in this show in this episode. Yes, and then it kind of disappoints oh me. yeah just like the rest of the show yeah i mean <laughs> it was there was like and th- unfortunately this episode wasn't um a shocker it wasn't it didn't wasn't shocking but it also wasn't super funny um true except for this one line where old wayne is like what if we get caught and roland's like we're old and confused, you know, like, which I thought Slams was a cigarette <laughs> on the floor. I was like, Ooh. yeah, which I, I thought was um, funny because that's, you know, that's what people say about old people when they're just like, you know, wandering about. That's what Wayne is basically yeah. in reality is he is old and confused. Um, so they're driving through. They got the music. They get into the house. They walk downstairs through the vault door into the pink room and spider webs. I kind of didn't yeah. feel anything when we got here. I I got kind of I was like, man, it's 23 minutes in and they're already at the pink rooms. Mm. I was like, ah, come on. This is no, I was thinking this is how they find the pink room. They just waltz in just to an abandoned here. mansion. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a conversation that might be a little bit more interesting that they have. Roland's looking around like he seems more shocked than uh, than Wayne. I guess in this moment, Wayne is remembering that conversation from 1990 as to why, you know, he walked away and 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 didn't. I'm pers- glad you picked up on didn't, that. Didn't pursue the case. Like Roland, on the other hand, is way subtly, but is cl- is clearly more distressed by mm-hmm. what he sees, and he says these half senses like, "What was I?" And then he's like, "What were you doing?" Alluding to the fact that he just, out of nowhere, seemingly in 90, just quits and walks away. 25 years might not have gone by without us, like, before us getting here. I thought that was a a cheap way of trying to tie up the loose end of whether or not Roland knows that Wayne cut a deal. And, like, because I I see what you're saying. Like, 
it just doesn't make sense because neither like Roland was not in a good place emotionally or psychologically after they murdered Harris James. Yeah, we'll get to that, but you're right. So I don't think that he was at that moment saying specifically, hey, you quit. If you would have been on the force and we would have worked together, eventually we would have like super friends this and we would have found the pink rooms and solved the case, ta-da, right? That was not, I think, what they were, what he was talking about. I think it was a cheap way to say or, or to infer that they've already had the conversation about what happened in, in 90 after Harris James' murder and the conversation that happened to Hoyt. And that was the big secret. That was one of the things we were talking about last episode in this podcast where that loose thread of like what happens between Roland and Wayne because there's clearly like something there that they're holding a grudge against, right, which is the quitting of, of the force. But why? And Wayne never gives that explanation on screen to Roland. Well, I he never tells one. exactly why, but he does say, I had my reasons. It had to do with Family. me and Amelia. He says it was between me and AIM was his exact yeah. words. And, and we see that conversation later when they're at the bar together. And in the pink rooms that he brings it up and I'm like, where were you? He's like, well, I had a family. He's like, well, I must be nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, that's all we get. Yeah. We I, never yeah. saw that breakup either. Um, Rowan and his wifey, waifu. The food scientist? Well, the chicken science person? She was a chicken science person? Yeah, she was oh, a chicken yeah, scientist. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean... So I don't know why he's all lonely. Okay, he has a bar fight. I guess we're getting into that next, but mm. is, does that mean that he, now he, he rides solo and he's, he's a dog man? Yeah, well, to me what happens here is in 90... Well, I don't want to get there yet because I want to yeah. walk through both those let's, scenes. Let's move on. Wynn and Amelia are now in the, in the bar talking, um, which we already kind of mentioned. Um, a lot kind of happens here. I didn't write down every single bullet point that they talked about this is the 90s yeah in the 90s this is after the hoyt meeting yeah this is after the hoyt meeting where wayne has to backtrack and say i'm not going to tell you everything he doesn't tell her about speaking to hoyt that's a secret that he kept to himself until that first time old wayne and old roland meet out on the porch right i thought this was an interesting scene when you tie it to the next scene with with Roland getting into his his bar fight, because to me this is where they give up. This is where they give up, but at the same time, they don't give up. They they actually start anew. They the give last up on the case, right? But the last, but they actually finally start to have a real a real relationship. They finally are honest with each other. For the first time in the show, in a big way, and possibly the first time in their entire relationship, hmm. um, I don't know whether this was also a thing about, like, if one of the themes was working through your marriage, you know? Like, if we strip away the plot of this, this is very much like, uh, this could be a scene that just says a different plot around it that could be on like nbc or something like that <laughs> like i don't know like this is us or something like i don't even watch that show but apparently there's a lot of feels in that show yeah um but they acknowledge another thing that we i think all agreed on which is that the case has been this huge rift it's the source of the meeting it's and they've and they say specifically something that i said which is that they acknowledge that neither of them understands what the case meant to them you know, it just meant something to each of them personally, and neither of them acknowledged what it meant to the other, yeah. and thus how it was really affecting 
their life together. Yeah, remember, remember a few, uh, a few sessions like this uh, of, of, of this podcast ago, where I mentioned that the case is kind of like they're, like they're ha- they have a threesome with this case, and they get really territorial about the case when another person wants to right. take time away from the other person. Mm-hmm. This is the moment where they finally acknowledge that and say, like, hey, you and I, we have this relationship that's based around this third party. We just got to get it out in the open and realize, is that all that we have? Or is there more to this? And I got a little bit of satisfaction there. I was like, oh, yeah, they finally fixed it. I think we did feel satisfaction and we did like this scene only because we've been talking about this on a weekly basis. And But if I were to watch this as a normal... Regular person, I'm up the mic. I'm. I'm. That's not volume for the mic. You have to speak up. No. <laughs> okay. So I think, uh, yeah. I think I think you're right. I think you're right whatever. that we we only can get satisfaction from this because we've been watching it and talking about it. But if we didn't have this, it was just you watching TV. Do you think that you'd have the same amount of satisfaction? No, I'd be waiting for the next scene. Before we move on from this, mm-hmm. that, that that whole sequence with uh, Wayne and Amelia at the bar, the VFW bar, has a really good kind of sh- fucking joke where he goes, can I get you a drink? And she says, I'd prefer a straight answer. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> that, was a good, that was a good piece of writing. <laughs> Okay, made me smile. I mean, I noticed it, but I, I didn't. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't didn't remember. fall in love with that line. I'm not in love with it, but I was like, ooh, okay, cool. I see what you did there. The line I liked most was when he says, "Let's put this thing down. It's not ours." About the case, mm-hmm. and it's an acknowledgement that, like, why we got we, we got to give this up. Right. This this has not the has nothing to do with us. You know, she mm-hmm. says that like this is my life's work. It's like write the other thing. Mm-hmm. Write your the, the the story you want to tell. Don't feel like you need to, you know, turn you know get a, a high yield return on your time investment here. Just let it go. And he's he's thinking like the same thing about himself. Um. All right. Well, the next scene is Roland picking the bar, sa- picking the fight in the bar. Same timeline. A scene I got a lot of enjoyment out of. There's your humor. Yeah. Roll yeah. Ro- Roland is like low key, without the subtle humor of. Steven Dorf and Roland. This <laughs> show would be lacking something that might be hard to put your finger on, but yeah. if you remove some of his his like one-liners, I mean, he has some funny things to say. I'm like, oh, he's doing a good job of getting these people upset and putting a grin on my face in this scene. He's <laughs> like, who are all these... I don't even know the word he says. Basically, who are all these idiots all across the world? Like, now I know. Like, these people like you were breeding. Yeah. I didn't just walk around and see them and go... Where do they come from? Yeah. Yeah, it's a valid question. But then I, I saw the two of you and I go, Oh, there it is. <laughs> I did I didn't get the first line though. It's like, did she look like that when you rode her across country? Like cross he was, road? He was being like Like how? How do you ride someone? No, I don't know. It's dude. a little it's a little bit like just putting a ton of like wear and tear on something. It's a little bit of like yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, ugly tree hitting every branch on the way down type of thing. If I were the thug, I would have been confused. Like is that a compliment or is that a... Well, that's a great opportunity for Roland to not only identify that he's ugly and that his wife is ugly, but also that he's stupid. I think that was the whole thing. He just wanted to trigger him so he can get into a fight. Mm-hmm. By the way, he held his fucking own in that bar. Yeah, I'm going to get to this this nitpick when we get to the end. Um, it's a little cliche, like guy who is dealing with dealing with stuff, 
goes and gets himself beat up just to feel something or just to let out some aggression, he does put a whooping on that first guy. And if no one else gets involved, he probably beats him half to death. Um, we also see at the end where his affinity for dogs comes from, mm-hmm. which also could have been a little hammy. But th- again, we're, they're just tying like everything up in this episode for the, uh, for the most part. Um, my nitpick is that when we cut back to the scene of him sitting outside with the Jack Daniels, which I guess they gave him, or he just there's took. A, there's <laughs> just a, yeah, he's like, he's you got, did good, boy. Well, the, thing has a, the, the Jack has a topper on it. Yeah, like it's from behind the bar. He didn't go and get that at the liquor store next oh. door. You know, yeah, this is a really good. Maybe he won the fight. We just don't see it. Yeah, here's here's he your trophy. Get the hell out of here. Well, again, this scene. So getting back to the scene. So this is then where Roland's life kind of ends. It it flip flops. Yeah, I just thought this was like an interesting. I guess you could call it symmetry where. You know, Wayne and Amelia get to start fresh once they come to terms with their relationship. And Roland then starts down this road of becoming a recluse, and his career probably begins to spiral to the point where I guess he's, he winds up with some money. Maybe he retires with his pension. That's how he got the, the house out in the woods. But, you know, this is kind of the end of, of his rise here. Mm. Uh, so is the dogs. What do the dogs represent? Like he takes strays from now on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it represents other than he's he's alone and now he's he this that he's he's going to lose his only friend in Wayne for the next 25 years. I mean, maybe that's a thing that we're we're supposed to interpret Roland's Roland does on a regular basis. Like he you, he takes in, in a way, and sponsors uh, Julie's dad, right? Scoot, Scoot McNary. Mm-hmm. So he sponsors him. He, he checks in on him. Like He kind of took in a stray from that moment. Maybe we can start to believe that like all the good things that Roland tried to do for Wayne is also like him taking in another stray. He is a loner. He's his partner. By chance, he comes in contact with him, but then starts to sponsor him in ways, right? Like he's trying to grow this person, so gives him an opportunity, brings him back into the from from desk duty into the detective force. I think it's kind of a thing he's always done. Could be now. his way to cope. Yeah, he's done doing it for people. He's now thinking, well, I'm going to do it for actual dogs, strays, because it's unconditional love. Like I, I'm, I'm, I've been looking for this my whole time, the whole time. Or he knows that the dogs aren't going to leave him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so it's not it's it's it's, it's symbiotic. It's mm-hmm. not just like I want to do good for the dogs. It's like can't trust people anymore. Yeah, can only trust dogs. Can't trust right. people. Let's go to break, and when we come back, we're gonna get to the drive that the our old dogs take to uh, to meet up with uh, Mr. Watts here, who is going to explain everything to us. <laughs> No answers, no questions unanswered with Mr. June. Um, all right, let's get into our next scene. Where are we? Junius Watts Estate. You here to kill me? I've been expecting you. Punish me. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, are, we have arrived at uh, Junius Watts' place. Um, we're in the car with uh, 
Wayne and Roland. Oh, did we talk about this already? Did I make the mistake of talking about this? No, yeah, the, I think uh, we're at right now the where the they drive. finally get. Yeah, we 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 get to Junius Watts' house. Right. Well, in any case, this drive is where we had all the uh, interesting, uh, like the scene stuff, like the cutting sure. back between time. I think I made the mistake of bringing that up when they were driving for, for to Hoyt. Hoyt but yeah, that, okay, that, that wasn't the case. In any case, I mixed it my, up too. Yeah, my feeling about it is still the same. It was it was it was oh. pretty cool. I'm just glad his name his name is not Watts June. That doesn't roll off. Remember I said it doesn't yeah. really sound good? I yeah. think they, said, they said as much. Or no, maybe it was just you. Yeah, yeah, it was me. I thought about that too when you were when, when I was watching and they finally find the name Junius that yeah. the Harris James wife tells him about. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah, Alex Junius Watts. Yeah, that's much better. Yeah, it's going to be much better. Um, so we, when you get to that, the, now that the Junius Watts uh, scene. Right, now we're get to here. the front yard. Uh, did you notice that he's tending to a chicken coop? Yep. You're looking at me like this was some kind of like Easter egg. It's to, like to right me, it's there. like a real Easter like, egg. He's holding the eggs in his hands. Yeah, but but he's tending to like what do you like? You don't keep chickens out fucking free range, right? Like he's keeping them in a, a, a coop in a very very small area. It's basically the same job he had looking over Isabel and uh, Mary July or Julie. He's doing the same thing. See, oh maybe I I think you're looking into that a little bit more because his first job is Tending on chickens. the chicken line. Yeah. So but, he probably just, he might have been keeping chickens prior to even getting that job. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. But what, what I like about it in, in, in terms of just like quickly visually building his character and narratively is that he's tending to these chickens and he's always tended to chickens in either human form, right? Keeping this, this girl in a closed <coughs> space to serve a purpose, the gratification of this woman, Isabel, of his patrons. And he continues doing it to this mm. day. Yeah, I think that would have been more meaningful if he had an empty chicken coop. If it looked, if they had okay. said like, "Oh, like where, where the chicken where coops all, look where, like dollhouses." Well, where all <laughs> the pink. no, where are all your chickens? And then he once the thing that happened with Julie happened, he stopped keeping chickens. Yeah, you're right. because he lets Julie go. You know mm. who lets who lets one chicken run run free and escape. You know, yeah. So I think I think it would have been a little bit more significant if he, if that event um, caused him to stop doing all the things that he associated with his life leading up to that event. Moral of the fucking story here: the show is that symbolism just falls short. Well, it does. Or you know, what what we did a lot was overthink everything. Yep. I mean, it was like everything in every every item on a table, everything in the background, everything out of it's focus like is like meaningful, yeah. and they all really weren't. I mean, for instance, mm-hmm. um, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Whitehead, Sam Whitehead, just no, never right. came back to him. You know, it was like, oh, this is we're just gonna come back. Like this is it's never never saw him again. Yeah. No big, the only thing that I guess the only thing was to confuse us if we weren't paying attention. So like, did was his the same eye or like is it him or? You know, it's just, it didn't, it, not, not everything mattered. Yeah. yeah. It was more to like, are you paying attention? Yeah. That, that definitely could have been it. Yeah. Okay. But now, okay. So now we're in the scene. They've got their guns out. He's like, I've been waiting for you. We learned that that was his car, which I was the one thing I thought was. That's was really like, oh, nice car for a guy oh, it was who him? in a house like that. It didn't seem like the kind of He's car he'd be two. driving. Yeah. Isn't, I he, guess. isn't he like number two, the right hand man, Hoyt? He was Hoyt's driver yeah and his is um no he was isabel's driver and for some reason i guess 
Ed Hoyt took a liking to him. Perhaps, I, actually, the reasons are unclear, but yeah, he, he says how then he brought, he, Ed Hoyt, brought uh, Junius into the house to basically be, I guess, the butler, basically, the housekeeper. I don't know what the term. Body man or something, yeah. Um, I wish there were more scenes. Oh, again, I can't. No, no, no. There were more scenes with uh, Isabel. That would have been nice. You liked Isabel? Yeah. I recognize her from something. She looks like one of the women in Tombstone. Hmm. But maybe that's just because of the blondness in the outfit. You know, for a second, so I have a friend who's an actress, and she uh, she's actually in... in <laughs> uh, she's, she's in... Have you ever seen the show Royal Pains? Royal Pains. Royal Pains? <laughs> it's a the, the Royal, doctor show. Royal Pains. But he's like a doctor in the Hamptons. So she was in that uh, first season. And um, I haven't really kept up with like the work that she does because she moved out to LA and is like doing other stuff and things. But when I saw that girl come out to the window, I was like, holy shit, is that Meredith? And I was like, I didn't know. And I looked up, it's not her. <laughs> but that woman looked so much like her. I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that. Like now she's doing this? And now it's not really. So you oh. recognize someone and... You- what I'm saying is all white men look the same, Alex. <laughs> Keeps why you come across. Keeping that in. That reminds me, though, you also thought that the actor who plays Harris James has been in a lot of stuff. He hasn't. You're confusing. You must be really? confusing him with something else. He does not have a big IMDb. Maybe You know what? Maybe you guys are right. Maybe I am a racist. That's fucked up. I got to work on that this Well, year. I thought that you were talking about the actor who plays Wait, um, just because you Coulson. think that people look the same? And you were like, racist? no, 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 no. Wait, hold on, one at a time. What? <laughs> I think, I think, okay, Colson. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think that I confused that for sure. But I, I could have sworn that he's done other things that, like, I've seen him in like some of these Marvel Maybe you shows. Just have poor eyesight or a poor visual cognition. I don't know. Okay, they're talking to uh, Mr. June here, and he just tells all, tells the whole story. Um, did any of this surprise you guys? I was pissed off a little bit. I gotta tell you that moment. I was just like, they're just gonna. Exp- like the exposition the fuck out of this. I got I got I got annoyed. At what specifically? Or just the fact that just they the even mechanism. had the conversation. The mechanism. Like they sit down and they were like and even the just the hastiness of them, like like Watts saying, like, I used to work for him at the factory. And he's like, That's not the fucking history we want. Like, speed it up. Like to me, I was just like, I don't even care. Like I know he's just gonna give up all the stuff. And this is the moment where like he tells us exactly what we already know, right? They had the girl. This thing happened. The details of like her getting lithium and being kind of happy and then him realizing that she's been taking lithium, uh, Julie in this case, um, didn't matter to me. At that point, I was like, okay, I know you got the girl. The why, only Why are you pissed off at, a, at an author writing a book about it? I'm not pissed off at the author. No, I'm no, pissed no, no, off no. at the method in which they lay. I, I'm asking June Junius. Why was he so angry to sh- to show up at um, Amelia's book reading thing? I think because he he. So this is the idea. He wanted to know if she was around. He never stopped hoping that he would find her, because he's he cared after a little while. His conscience got to him, and he let the door be open at a certain time. That being said, he waited like 15 fucking years. Or so, like I don't know, maybe I'm, that's exaggeration, but like, he waited a very long time until that that girl was now a woman to let the door be open, right? Like he didn't the the straw that broke the camel's back wasn't even. Oh, I found out that she was uh, that Isabel was giving Julie lithium. That wasn't even the thing that broke. Like uh, to me, I think that's where I draw the line. Like I find out like she was happy for a little while, and then I find out the reason why she was okay and chill. 
because she was taking fucking heavy metals and she was being force fed. Maybe nine years. I think at that point I, w- I probably would have done something like fuck loyalty at that point. Uh, one thing when I think I we had, all sorry, go on, Alex. His makeup wasn't he like already forty something when in the nineties? Fast forward to fifteen years, he looks the same. Uh, uh, and both Wayne and Roland have obviously aged. Black more. don't crack, Alex. Wayne is also black. He also looks good for his age, though. Yeah, we saw this previously. I, it didn't really bother me that they they didn't give um, some of these secondary characters the full the full on makeup treatment. Um, in some ways, I the 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 detail with our main characters the makeup I think is just to make it clear to us which which timeline we're in. Um, but you're right. He 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 looked the actor looked like the same age because he is in when he busts into the book reading. And when they find him, which is, I guess it's it's annoying in the in one way because, based on how old he was, we thought that they weren't going to find him in 2015. Right, like we thought he would probably be dead because it's 25 years later. Um, as to whether or not he would do something, I think we all believe, in a moment of crisis, we would do something, but most people don't do the right thing until it's too late. Yeah, I mean, if I was in his position and there was a certain level of loyalty and I owed this guy something and my standard of living has increased and I look at everybody around me, like making that calculation, I'd be like, there'd be a a line. For me, at that moment, in terms of like character building for this individual, I thought the lithium thing for me would have been the, the, the line, right? And then he waited more time than that to let her loose, right? Whatever the case might be, maybe he, he had already, it already broken. But like, we don't really know how long he waited. He doesn't he, say he waited until like, well, in the scene looks like she's 15, 16 years old. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is he, he says later on, I found out why she was so happy, uh, but okay, sure. it, it, he, he doesn't indicate as to how the time between him finding this out to when she, she wants to go. Yeah. I interpreted it's it conf- as it was younger. It's fluid. It was younger because the way in which the montage happens She's Julie is still a little girl when you see Isabel break yeah breaking, the pills. breaking so yeah. that's that you, I guess you're right in that case it was just kind of like he didn't really specify yeah well he was uh, he was uh, deluding himself too I mean listen I'm not I'm not defending necessarily his actions but you know again it's hard to know what you would do in those circumstances sounds like he the between the lithium and Julie clearly expressing an interest to get out of there was enough um, to obviously make him do something. Mm-hmm. I, I did. It was a lot of exposition. It was just like, yep, here's what happened. And if this was your theory, you're right. Um, it did answer my question, though, about how she got out of there. Because we had that debate last mm-hmm. week or the week before about how she got out, why she got out. You were more curious as to you said like I care more about why, and I was like, well, I want to know how. How the fuck did she get out from behind that vault door? Yeah. And this is it, basically. the The thing we I never considered was the the being the lithium stuff. That was maybe a little cheap because we thought it was based on abuse and trauma, and then you construct this wall in your mind, and you forget, and that's why she she didn't know right like who she was. It's a little disappointing to hear that it was just because she was being drugged and that 
her mind was screwed up because of chemicals and not because of trauma. It makes it a little less ho- like horrible. No foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also I wonder why Julie didn't um, didn't meet up with him. That's another thing that is curious to me. It seemed Maybe like she they doesn't had know how to read a map. Because she's been, <laughs> she's so fucking high on the lithium. She's or like, what is are it? you are you even being taught anything? I'm yeah. That's another thing. We don't really know what kind of education she received. Yeah, know? probably very Probably little. a lithium high mother figure only. Uh, yeah. So this is what I gather, and I think this gets us out of that scene uh, in 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 the house, but. Um, it might be too far ahead, but I have a feeling that, that if I have to create some sort of form of apologetics for this, that Mark Ardoin mm-hmm. found her in the way. Like it was, it's, he intercepted her, and that's how she's kind of ends up at the at the convent. His father has been doing this landscaping business, uh, don't doing the the convent for free, and he inherited the business at that point. That's why I think it makes sense. She's like around 15, 16. Maybe he's around the same age or he's already an 18-year-old, 20-year-old man. Um, well, they're like the same age. Yeah. So if they are, maybe she's she's older. She's way older. She's like a woman. That's what I mean. Like whatever that might be, past adolescence or in the middle, in the midst of it. And he's working with her dad, with his dad on this business or he already inherited it. He's coming back from it. Some woman is half naked running through the the, the woods that's not how it happened though yeah and and, in in the story like he the the way that amelia presents it is also a hypothesis so we don't know what the order events are we don't know how she ends up at the convent we know that she has this whole history right like i think that's what you're getting at that she she contracted hiv but that's a narrative that the nuns started yeah i know that's not what i'm saying at all i didn't say any of that i what the, the thing what i was saying is that she meets mike there by chance but that's Amelia's telling of what could have happened. Well, no, Amelia doesn't actually tell anything in the book. She doesn't write the sequel. No, no, no. no. He's to t- Wayne. She's telling Wayne. In- but it's really but, Wayne. But that's Wayne telling himself. Yeah. That's not Amelia telling through him. Amelia. Well, through Amelia. Uh, that's what I mean. So it's Wayne telling himself. But again, that's here's that it's not even hearsay. That's a hypothesis of him just kind of going, Fair enough. oh, fuck, I think I know what's going on. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's a realization. It's not like a presentation of facts based on like surveillance footage. Yeah. But when those things happen, Occam's how, razor. how, how far do you want to stretch? Occam's razor. What do you think happened that a, a guy was driving his truck from a, uh, spending some late night fixing some trees or clearing some brush back to his, his home, uh, and intercepts this woman who's crazily running through the woods or, or on a on a main highway, and then goes like, "Holy shit, that's fucking, that's fucking Julie." I I remember, and like gets her, and, and goes back to the convent, and drops her off there, and says, "Look, this is a thing, right?" Is just as plausible as him going in one day and seeing her there, but assuming that the story of her being a runaway and all this stuff is another narrative that's being spun by by the nuns, it's possible. You know the guy that gets interviewed that's talking about how she was he was she was rolling with him for a little while. How does how are we so confident that that's also not sort of a story that the nuns have have kind of agreed with a network of runaways to tell? And maybe, that's because logistically that seems extremely difficult. Yeah, I mean, right. the more people you need to keep a secret, the less likely the secret will will be will 
will be kept. Another illegal thing the Catholic Church is enabling. <laughs> <laughs> the more, the more like, uh, to be honest, the more likely scenario is exactly the way that we were presented it. Yeah. Because there's absolutely no reason to think that the kid that they interview as a runaway was part of some grand conspiracy <laughs> to keep Julie safe. If that was the case, he would have never identified her. He would have, he would have, his job would have been to hmm. say he doesn't know her, which is, there's no, like, unless they find her, that's the only way to prove that they, like, he did. Yeah. And so he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell the truth. Secondly, there'd be no reason for the nuns to entrust an outsider with a message like that. Third, that, that place was a, it was a place just for women, the, the, the convent. They didn't have any, any, it's not a place for like male runaways. It's just women. So those nuns wouldn't have any male contacts mm-hmm. outside of maybe Mike, who was at a certain point becomes the groundskeeper. The thing is like, where does she go? Because like all these runaways, are they in Westfinger? Is that what it's called? I can't remember anymore. Well, he says that he says he got as far as Colorado. She might have been with him. Again, you like we don't really know, but I, I would love to know the distance between. Like it's irrelevant for the story, I guess, but I would love to know the distance. Like how far did she go? Did she intercept somebody? Did somebody pick her up? Like what fucking happened? Because you're right. He left an, a map, and she, she probably, uh, in in all honesty, and I don't really know what the patterns are. She probably ran until she was out of, en- like energy, mm-hmm. uh, to the next town or the next town later, and then just through luck or the kindness of strangers acquired some shoes or, you know, in, in, and also in, in, in the, the sort of flashback that where we see her run out, you know, that very much could have been a dramatization. She may not have ran out in just a nightgown with no shoes and this kind of stuff. Like Mm -hmm. it's sort of likely that she might've put shoes on. The thing I just don't understand is like, if, the answer that I want is just why she didn't try to meet up with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Watts. Yeah, Watts. Yeah. He does let her out. I, I don't know whether she was... She just, probably she, didn't she, know it was Like, him. she didn't trust him. She probably didn't know it was I him. Don't, I don't think... I don't buy out. that she got too far, right? Like, I don't even think she went to the next major city. Because how do you end up back in a convent in West-fingered bumfuck Arkansas? Like, what's the, what's the, what's the large city in Arkansas? Little Rock? I don't know. You know, like that's another thing. Like you didn't get that far and you went maybe to the next town or a couple towns over. You were runaway, a little bit of like a, like, you know, a grunge punk fucking just running around, maybe prostituting yourself. If that's true. I don't think she got away that far. I mean, I, I think maybe she w- went directly to the convent. Like she accidentally ended up at the convent from the get go. And that's why, like if we had a map of Westfinger, and we realized, oh, the Hoyt establishment or Hoyt estate is actually only a mile away from the convent. And she went, like, ran a mile east in the direction of the convent. Then, yeah, that makes more sense. Of course. Like, Maybe. I think that's probably more likely. Like, she she ran to the convent, got there by accident, got ran out of steam, like you said. And the nuns found her. But how does that explain the other runaway kid knowing her? Mm, I don't know. She can't go straight from the Hoyt's place to the convent where she has no contact with any boys except for Mike. This is the thing that bugs me. Like, it makes more sense that she just got there because to have this whole journey of, like, crossing cities and everything and nobody seeing her other than this fucking gutter punk kid. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't. To me, that just seems like that. That was one of those things where I just kind of got, oh, got annoyed. You mean it was another shitty scene? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to disagree. I think it's more likely that she runs away from. She tries to get as far away from this place as possible, and that she just hitch, hitch, hitchhikes her way. She gets in with the group of other kids who are sitting on a curb outside of a convenience store, uh, and then gets tired and then makes her way back. Yeah, I, I think that it was weak. The whole uh, Sam, Sam, sorry, uh, Junius Watts leaving a map, and then he's like, she never rendezvoused with me. Because to me, it's like, well, there's more to that. Is it that she didn't trust you? So she, she didn't know whether or not the map was from you? Did she think that you were part of this? And that if she followed the map, she wouldn't have been able to, like, really escape? If her goal was escape, I don't know. Like, to me, it just like didn't make any sense. Wait, two minutes. How did how did Isabel know how to put the hands uh, when they're laying down? Will in the rocks? Um, no, Julie did that. Yeah, Julie did that. Julie put the hands. Yeah. On. yeah. Okay, Julie so it's another her. thing that I got right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, you, oh wait, did you say that? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. 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 yeah, I did not think that at all. I was in I, my notes right now for that particular thing that he was talking about, like. Uh, Accidental death. Oh my God, it was an accident! Exclamation point. Just as we predicted. This is no fun. That's what I wrote on there. <laughs> yeah, this was just yeah, confirmation for our own genius. Yeah, we 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 went too far down the internet rabbit hole about like what to believe, what not to believe about his story and the likelihood of her running away. But a lot of other information is given to us here. One is that Tom was not involved. He says we had you know yeah we. Broach the subject to the mother. Like initially, she's getting she's paying just to rent out her kids as like uh, play dates. First right. of all, so she's getting paid just for them to hang out in the woods um, and just like innocently play around, presumably. Mm-hmm. Then when Isabel decides that she wants to quote unquote adopt Julie, Junius is like, "Well, you know, we were gonna have to figure out what to do with, the, uh, you know, how to get the father on board." Or I don't know, remember his exact quote. Yeah, that was exactly it. But, you know, Lucy is is on board. Um, and then we also find out that after the accident, which was an accident, like you said, we I think at a certain point we all were like, mm, this may not be murder. This is probably probably an accident. Yeah, they, they move the body because Julie doesn't want to leave him there. He tells her he's resting. We'll come get him. She puts the hands together, which I guess makes sense. Another thing, like that priest never shows up again, you mm-hmm. know, like, Again, that was another dead end. And that Harris is the one who delivers the news to uh, Lucy about Will being dead, pays her off for Julie, and is, you know, it's big bag of hush money, essentially. Is um, he the one who could possibly have created that note that um, the kids are okay or laughing? I think that probably was Lucy. It's very possible it was Harris, but I think that it's more likely that it was I don't trust Lucy. Lucy with having the skills required not to get caught with something. That's like a good point. Like she, like yeah, she didn't use gloves and they could have dusted it. And that it's yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It could have been also kudos to Harris for getting away with it. He was pretty smart. Yeah, well, I mean, he was a cop. Well, he knew the tactics. Like, a, like the he wasn't an investigator. He was a trooper. He was just a highway patrolman. Just a highway patrolman. Well, not to put down any of our highway patrolman listeners, but I well, just don't... Well, when you get pulled over next time, hey, are you from that app to list? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait a minute. You sound familiar. 
How fast were you going? I just want you to know, all you 67? State out there, 87? That I don't have these. I don't share these opinions. No, you just think, oh, <laughs> white people look, look uh, the same. <laughs> Yours are way better. Um, is there anything else we learned from... Man, we've been on this scene forever. Is there anything else we learned that's interesting from Junius? Not really, I don't think. It just confirms everything. Lucy paid off. Paid off Tom yeah. was involved. Da, 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 da. So his punishment is that he lives. Yeah, his punishment that now he has to live out the rest of his life, um, which clearly will be forever because he's immortal and doesn't age. <laughs> with the guilt of this, uh, and then once he's fucking once, Highlander. Once, yeah, once Wayne and Roland um, die, he'll have he'll have no one to punish him. Yeah, I love that 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 line. Uh, I wrote it down. It's like that's real heroic of you, you Cyclops motherfucker. It's <laughs> <laughs> like yo. Yeah, they really weren't. Uh, no sympathy from uh, Purple Haze over here. I, um, I love I love this though. Like they they finally f- tied up the loose end, right? Like, and if there's any satisfaction to the scene for me, it's that they left the place. They put their guns away. Of course, they have no jurisdiction or anything, but it's the best kind of punishment they can give them. Wh- whether or not. Watts wants to admit that they are actually punishing him. He has to live. It's very like Greek tragedy, Greek myth kind of, right? Like every day you wake up and your liver gets eaten by a bird and then it regenerates and your liver gets eaten again the next morning, right? Like that's what's happening to Junius Watts. He participated in this. He colluded with these individuals to do something horrific. Now he wants a quick end and punishment to this and instead what he gets is this like myth greek myth kind of ending where you have to be suffering like this for the rest of your life get the thing that you never want did yeah. either of you think the nun that they spoke to was julie for a hot second yep yeah i did too really but yeah. she had the, the did you notice that her, she had a birthmark of a cross on her left eye i thought it was a punch in the face or something like nah. she, but then the actor doesn't in the in a flashback Later, 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 when when uh, Wayne has the realization that that might have been what happened when yeah. his hallucination, it doesn't look like she has it on her eye at that at that moment. It looks artificial. Now, who thinks all white people look the same, <laughs> dude? <laughs> Not even funny because I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Do you, so you think that's a scar rather than a birthmark? I don't know what it was. It seemed, I thought it was a weirdly, I thought it was like, wow, this person has a birthmark in the shape of a cross and is a nun. That seems like some sort of comic book dumb thing. Yeah. But she's clearly pictured in an, in the scene where the hallucination of Amelia is, that's, uh, that's obviously Wayne's subconscious is telling him what probably happened to Julie. And I'm like 99% certain we see enough of the left side of her face that it's not there. I'm going to go back to it. Um, Unfortunately, like we're not going to be able to put it in an episode where we like corrections, but I mean, I'll tweet it yeah. to you and me who are the only people following the account. Probably. I Wait, did how, appreciate how, how, how do you tweet it to or <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did appreciate I was just like, are we done? <laughs> I just, hey, done in, just... We're, almost, we're almost done. But I did appreciate though, that uh, every caretaker of Julie has some kind of shit on their left eye. I was like, I kind of like that. Every oh or God. or just two? Just two. Well, the two, yeah. The two in captivity. The two in captivity. You're looking way too far into this. I like how they I think, I'm telling you, that this is the only redeeming, these are the only redeeming qualities of, of this particular yeah, have, have you noticed how they part their hair too? Or it's like always to the left? <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed that all the tie knots are half Windsors? Like, have you noticed that? 
Everyone, no one wears polka dots. They're always Did you straight. notice how the chickens weren't making a lot of noise? Fuck you guys. Did you notice how all those eggs were like per- perfectly just off white, but kind of brown, so that you knew they were organic? Don't respect. Actually, craft. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's do this. They Wayne and, and Roland apologize to Julie's grave. They essentially say, you know, sorry, we couldn't do more. We couldn't have prevented this. Um, and then seemingly this is done. Okay, if we ignore the things we talked about in terms of later in the episode, at this point, we're like, I guess it's over. I'm looking at the scrubber. I'm like, okay, so 20 minutes left in the episode. Is that it? What? I've already lost confidence that yeah. anything weird is going to happen between Roland and Wayne. Like, we all kind of thought that last week, but clearly there's no, there was nothing to be concerned about there in terms of one of them hiding something from the other. We're back at Wayne's. Roland and Wayne are putting uh, files away. Roland's like, you know, I was talking to your son and maybe I'll come hang out a couple times a week, you know, keep they you company. Yeah, so they're going to become part-time roommates. It's going to be a little bit of an odd couple situation, I think. <laughs> Spin-off. Um, Coming to, knock on our door. Yeah, this scene to me also had a feeling <laughs> of like, is this, like, I don't know, is this, is this real? Like, what, at certain moments I started to be like, what's his... Is this where you lost confidence in the whole episode? No, I I think I lost I I lost it in the pink room where I that didn't really feel okay. uh, that didn't have any weight behind it and I thought well if that didn't I don't know what they're gonna do here to to shock me into one final ooh moment. <laughs> All right, so now we're we're back in eighty. Wayne breaks up with Amelia after the after like he gets back home. She comes and knocks on the door. She's like, "What the fuck is going on with us?" You're not returning my calls. And he says, I don't want... My life was fine before I had any head-shitting birds in my life. Yeah, basically. pretty birds shitting on everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I that was funny. Yeah, he invokes pretty girl privilege on her, and she invokes self-righteousness on him. And that's kind of where we leave it. That scene kind of sucked to me. Like I was like, I could take it or leave it. The only thing memorable about that was when she takes like a few things and then leaves his house and he goes, I don't need the rest. I don't need the rest of this shit, right? Like, a girl did that to me and they, and this is a tactic. so much trash. It's it's just what, like, it's a tactic. It's like, leave some stuff, right, out of like, clearly I put this in the box, just take the whole damn box, it's convenient to you. You left it here. You picked out a few things that you absolutely wanted, but you left other things that you kind of want later as an excuse. So when you're drunk and nasty, and you're just like and knocking on my door, and you go, the excuse that your stuff is still here. Straight to the trash. It's just a little bag <laughs> exactly. that goes over the, the box. I saw that, and I'm like, dude, throw that shit away. I was like, I've been he, through this already. He, he, he might have. I looked at it differently given her character, which is... She never really backs down, and to take the whole box is to, A, admit that, to your point, that the relationship is over, but also that she just wasn't going to give him the satisfaction of walking out with her things. Like, I don't think she left them there with the intent of, like, I'm going to try to mend this. Uh, it was more like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, this is, this is like a subtle like I'm, you're not gonna win. If I, if I take yeah. the stuff, you're gonna win. I I think that she, at, in that moment they both were like it's over, but she was just not gonna, you know that that was like a, a like a move. The, the 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 next scene right when they're together in the VFW bar and she comes in and he's like hey I never knew you served any uh any you, you weren't in the service or anything like that, and she comes back is like there's only a few people who have ever talked to to let 
What's up? Only a few people I let talk to me like that. Right. And he's like, a few women, no men. Right. Uh, that that kind of that's exactly the motivation for doing that. Right. Like it opens up the conversation of at least having an excuse to come back and get what you want. Right. Which is you don't talk to me that way. Yeah. I think that's why she comes back. But yeah. I don't I don't think that's why she left the stuff. I think she literally was like, here, you do something with this. I'm not going to like fall for this. I think it's even more petty than that. Do you think he rents or does he own? No, I, I, I don't know if it's petty. I think that him just w- like giving her the stuff. It's, it's you know, she says she's like, this is how you're going to break up with me. This is how you not even going to use words. You're just going to give me this box. And she's like, well, then I'm not taking the box. You know what I mean? I think that she's just like, oh, this, if this is the game you're going to play, then here I can return serve. Um, I don't want it. I'll take my coat or whatever the hell. This that is why was. people love therapy because once somebody tells, like, you just opened up, like, that's exactly what happened to me. I, that that scene this resonated is what this a little bit. Podcast is about it's, it's therapy for you, <laughs> but it also says a lot about their relationship. We can see how right right from the start, the case is an issue. They break up over it after only being together for a couple weeks or months. Um, and then ultimately in that final scene, which you mentioned, they do get back together, but it's yeah, not it's not yeah. until the scene earlier where they're we talked about in ninety where they're kind of honest that we like they kind of get past it. It just starts and then it's like, Well, this is the this is what they're all about for the next ten years. Like this is it. Hmm. At this point we've and we've already talked about this, but this is where Wayne then has the the convenient realization of what happened to what he thinks really happened to Julie. When he drops the book and he just reads that page, and I guess that page is the page where she talks about uh, about Mike. Now, as we're going through this, oh, by the way, we we forgot to mention that after they did go and talk to the nun in real time. Oh yeah, I have that. And right they there. and they ran into Mike, and they saw the little girl who looked a lot like Julie as a child. Lucy, you know, it's not the same actor, but it, yeah, her name is Lucy. I was like, if that's not obvious or if that's not like tickling your spider sense i don't know what will did you guys have a moment where you thought that mike was actually some kind of a crazy person and he like found her raped her murdered her no and then fathered the child and named her lucy no you know i actually my notes right here like i had it i wasn't gonna bring it up until later but um i read mike ardoin's daughter is named lucy huh i saw this and thought great this was a cheeky misdirect then i looked at the time and there were 30 minutes left in the show Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> so at, when that happened, I was just kind of like, oh, man. Like I, my first impression was like, this is bullshit. Like this guy just never let go. And that maybe not creepy, but I was just like, oh, that's how they're going to tie this up. It's just a just cheeky misdirect. But when I when I looked at the time, it was like 30 minutes left. And I go, oh, this is going to come back. So no, it makes sense. Like um, we know that that uh, what's her name? Julie? No. Yeah, yeah. She showed up at that com that nurse or that nun place, and we, yeah, and we do see a scene where he's tending the the grass and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it does it's one plus one. Yeah, but remember when when that happened? This is we talked about it, and uh, Amelia is interviewing one of the runaways. Yeah, and they both kind of look out the window, and it's just clear like we have yeah. to pay attention to this guy, right? right. So when I saw that and like Lucy, whatever, I was like, oh, this is how they tie together this this one scene where they clearly misdirected you because we were looking for that. 
we paid attention to it with with that thing i was like this is just bullshit this is just him uh, them the the tv show telling us that little piece was misdirection and he never let go and that makes sense with the whole narrative he named his daughter after his first love's mom Oh, okay. Yeah, like that's the way I saw it. But when I when I moved my mouse, you know, and I looked at the time, I was like, this is not over. 30 minutes is a long enough time for them to come back to Mark Ardoin. So I kept watching because I was like, this is the truth. This is where they, they solved the case. My initial reaction was like, oh, this dude has AIDS now. And <laughs> oh, no. And then she passed away and they and she left a kid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. This that's is Forrest like, Gump. <laughs> that's that's definitely possible until we get to the very, basically the very end, where Wayne, we we, we see his realization, where it's like, he oh, has the like, Doctor House moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's being narrated by his his Amelia uh, hallucination. We see the the happy ending to the Julie story, where she's there, she's reading, she's she's like sort of adult at this point. And I guess at this point also, they're not that old because my assumption is that the person we saw in 1990 was not Mike, was his father. And that he takes over. Yeah. And that, and she's already there. So that's why he wouldn't have seen her from the get go because he wasn't the main groundskeeper. He wasn't running the business the first time she shows up. Okay, hold on. Because she's there for plot hole. I think she's there for like three years. If plot that's to be believed. Plot hole though, because all of that kicks off in ninety with a guy who's like, Yeah, she used to roll with me. And they somehow get to these like little runaway hostile hospices. And Amelia f- goes to like a convent and starts talking to these women who have run into Mary July. That's where she gets the name Mary July, mm-hmm. right? I believe she's the one that gets it. Well, she get it's it's said there. Yeah, it's not the first time we okay. hear it. So it's it's said there. So this girl had contact with Julie. We look at the outside, and if you're right, and that's uh, Mark Ardoin's father, then Julie hasn't made it to this convent yet. I don't think the girl they interviewed confirmed that she met. Julie at the, at, at the convent. I think okay. they met on the road. That's what I think. That's what I interpreted was that they met on the road. That girl made it her way here, I think. So we're to believe sure. that there's this like runaway jet stream that goes up to nearby cities, locals, like big cities or whatever, and then finally comes back. Well, I don't want to pretend convent. that I know what it's like to be a runaway, but that seems like a familiar pattern. You run away for a while. And then you run out of energy, and then you return to the only place that you know, hmm. right? A place that feels a little bit familiar. Kind of makes sense. But you can't go home because that's where you ran away from. So you wind up in um, a place like this, uh, you know, this this place for 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 young women who don't have families. Okay. All right. Let's. I'm gonna pause this one last time. Let's go do one more quick break, and then we'll just final thoughts. Um, before we wrap up, okay. Last ten minutes. Last and <laughs> yeah, got a lot to cut out of this. Um, okay. No, I'm gonna keep it all in, man. What do you mean <laughs> I'm I'm doing it? <laughs> <sighs> all right. Where the fuck were we? 
last scene. Alright, we just talked about when Wayne has the realization of what happened. With Mike Rodoyne. Yeah, I'm taking this at face value, especially because he winds up driving there, mm-hmm. seeing her. I do have some questions about this once we get to the very end. Um, do you remember when you would call information? Was it star nine? Yes. I never did that, but I knew it existed. Four one one. Yeah, I've never done that. Oh, yeah, for movie times. There was one for movie times. Welcome to movie about the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Way you were getting- <laughs> okay, so... Oh, shit. Here, hit my mic. Question. Is it realistic that the nuns could know how much danger she's in so as to fake her death and literally put a gravestone up? Seems a little far-fetched. I don't mind it, but... I was like, that's a lot. It's a lot to to, to, uh, to do. And I, it's also setting a precedent for other runaways. I would assume that... Well, the whole grave is probably fake. <laughs> the whole grave. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's obviously fake. But I think, like, in the process of going through, like, group and therapy and weaned off of lithium and maybe other drugs that she was taking, right, that in that process of healing, Julie probably... Recol- you know, gave recollection of of memories and stuff that happened to her. And I think the nuns being aware of the case, being aware of who the Hoyts are, I think they kind of said, you know, the better thing to do would be if you're going to get together with Mike, Ar- Mike Ardoyne and you're going to live a different life, we're going to have to fake your death. Mary okay. July has to get buried. Cheesy scene, though. They all... Uh- Agreeing, yes, this is the right thing to do. Yes. <laughs> we did, we, we did, agree. We right? did a good thing here, yes. didn't we? A lot of quack, knowing, quack, quack, quack. knowing looks. All right, I'm gesturing at Draco. I also <laughs> have a nitpick. Yeah, I have a nitpick about. I, I had a nitpick too about the fight that Roland gets in uh, gets into. He just has bumps and bruises and scratches. Like yeah. he should have been like Losing carted teeth. off. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, um, Black guy. you know, Black they, blue, they, yeah. they give a couple shots to in the interrogations, both to Harris James and uh, is it Ted. I can't remember that guy's name. The uh, ex-pedophile. And man, a couple shots and they're like crying, you know, like broken ribs, all this kind of stuff. And uh, he's he's like being held by at every biker by gang. four guys, each on one limb. <laughs> and presumably the fifth guy is just going to pummel him. Yeah. And yet he's. Just sitting outside with his arm on his leg. He's got a cut on his cheek. And, you know, not to mention his limp is pretty much gone. The limp is a little inconsistent. Yeah. You know, he's... Well, I mean, he did get hit with a pool cue in the back. So he probably fixed it. No, no, no. I'm talking about before when he's just standing up. Like, in 80, he's got a cane. It's like the injury's fresh. Yeah. And then they talk about in 90 how he that's where he got that limp from. So he limps a little bit when he's walking up to see Tom the first time we see 1990 timeline Tom. But this is this is later, you know? So he's it's it's 91 or whatever it is. And he's he's in there just taking shots at guys, you know? But by that point he already has that limp. Yeah, he has it. He's yeah. dealing yeah. with the injury for like 11 years. I didn't notice that, but yeah, dude, you're right. I just think that there are times when Steven Dorf just isn't really limping that much <laughs> and they just aren't going to reshoot it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. A couple scenes, he's he's definitely you can see it even from the waist up. There's a there's that limp rhythm to the way his body moves. Mm-hmm. Other times, it's just not at all. So I don't know. I just, I takes nothing away, but I'm like, man, he really should be 
fucked up right now. Um, anyway, my other nitpick is why Wayne didn't, in his tape recorder or on the note with the address, also write down who lived there. He's got the map. He's got the note on the seat. He drives out there, and he forgets why he's there. Or does he? Yeah, I don't know. But he doesn't write down who lives there. So if we're taking this scene at face value, he forgets. He's like, why am I here? Hey, can I, you know, can you have some water? Can you tell me where I am? Like, calls his son. Doesn't look like he's faking it. But, like, why, why, why did you only write the, the address? Like, you do this all the time yourself. Like, yeah, you, where you just even... knowingly, like, don't make a complete note. And then you just wonder why the fuck you are where you are. You can't even say that he wrote the note hastily and then left the house, right? Because he wrote it at night, supposedly went to sleep, woke up the next day because it was day, drove over to to the Ardoin household. Oh, without knowing why. Yeah, like to, to me it was, you're right, like that's too much of a stretch. He wrote this down from 411 and it, it, why wouldn't he? It's right? like he if knew he, why, yeah, he knew why yeah. he was going there. And waited a whole night. He went to sleep and then woke up the next morning, got ready, and then left in the middle of the day on his way to dinner. Yeah. So really he spent the whole day. <laughs> yeah. The only explanation I have is, again, if this is a little bit of a like memento thing where he knew he was going to forget and just wanted to see it for himself. But in order to keep the secret, he just had to not allow Ooh, himself to remember. That fits. You know? Like, the best way to keep a secret is to forget you have it. Why didn't he call Roland? Yeah. So you think it's on purpose? I don't think it's on purpose, but I think that is the only way for it to not be a nitpicky. Like, why would someone... Because he has a tape recorder. He's already using it to remind himself I of things that are that's what it was reaching for, are but he important. reached for the phone. Right. So we already know that he when, when he, he cares enough to remember does meticulous things he's like mm-hmm. today is the 19th or yesterday was the 19th today is the 20th i thought that would is coming over the, the woman from the thing yeah the, the the recorder i thought was a device that was going to be consistent it was and it was going to be either used to manipulate him or a way that he was going to manipulate himself and it it doesn't really it's not used as much as i thought it was going to i've given up in this episode the idea that <laughs> the the characters motivations are to do things f- for themselves and more for just carrying narrative yep. and pandering to the audience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i think you're right that it makes more sense that he did that thing just to keep it secret or whatever it's just a vehicle to give you some do you information. think something triggered um in him when he's taking that sip and he's looking at the girl and he's looking at the mom it's like Right. All right. Do I'm you, gonna let you guys do. Go you, do your you, yeah. Do you think in that moment he then remembered why he was there and made a choice to walk away? I, I think, think it's acted ambiguous. it. I think he acted it that way to give the the sh- the editors the, whoever was going to make that final decision to use it that way. But to him, I think it could also be read as, "Who the fuck are you? I don't know. I gotta get out of here. I'm just waiting for my son." Like you know what I mean? Like he's just sort of going through this not really knowing where he truly is which i i to, to me like when i first saw that i thought it was like man how fucking tragic the tragedy of this that just as he's about to solve the case he forgets where he's at 
And then in the whole process, he's still questioning, like, what's going on here, this little girl? Why do I have this weird feeling like deja vu? But I don't know. And he keeps drinking this water and he says, all right, I'm going to go now. And he leaves. Like, to me, that's really fucking sad. I know it's uh, supposed to be tragic, but I don't feel anything for it. Yeah. Lucy is not that Im- Or what's her name? Yeah, Lucy. Julie? Julie. Mm. Not that important. I don't, <laughs> I don't... I don't... It doesn't... It, it, it's not a, the same shock as if this were a two-hour movie where, yeah, where is Lucy? Or whatever. Julie. Yeah. There you go again. Not, not important. Yeah, I get this it. is dragged out in eight episodes. I'm just looking for who's to blame. Who, who's the real villain? I couldn't find one. Yeah, I guess if you want like a real ending, like feeling for this to me, like I think the show. Eight episodes was too little, for this, season, in order for them to tell this story properly, and because it was too little, they ended up telling us the end around six seven. Because we we kind of got the idea of where, where this was going like halfway through the season, and now we're at this place where the last two episodes are kind of just ex- you know they're, they're finishing it off and just telling us what is happening how this story kind of ends up being and it falls a little bit like it's a little bit dis- it's quite disappointing you know it is a, it is a little but i still contend that we've overanalyzed the hell out of it so we didn't allow ourselves to be surprised we spent eight weeks trying not to be surprised trying to uncover I thought that was the point of the show, though. It is the point of the show, but but, uh, my my, my point is that when you do something like this, you can't really have it both ways. It's really, like, think think about how hard it is to fool people when you tell them, I'm going to create a mystery for you. You already tell them what they're looking for. Yeah. And then you handicap yourself tremendously if you're trying to then fool the people who you told you're going to be fooling. Like, you might as well, like, everything is a clue, nothing's, like, you give everyone, like, the, the, the cheat codes you give them like everything you give everyone the at least it's like you give everyone the questions Mm -hmm. before a test like you're not giving them the questions and the answers but it's like here's all the questions there's a hundred questions here we're going to be asking 80 of them on the test and it's like if you're doing what we're doing right now it's like you're just going to look at all of them like okay so that's a great analogy to this there's you gave me a hundred questions told me that 80 questions are going to be on the test I get to take the test, and then I realize that the 80 questions are not verbatim 80 of the 100 questions. They're 80 of those questions reworded and, like, just different types, but the solution would be the same. That's what I was expecting. Like, I thought that it's like, yeah, you're giving me all this stuff. I have to, like map out this intricate web of stuff and then in the end you make me realize that like you've 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 told me a story but the way in which you've organized it and my expectations have been kind of flipped where you did tell me the truth 80 of these questions are going to be on there but they're not going to be represented in the same exact way or the solution is going to be the same to 80 of these questions but worded differently and i have to be able to identify it in nature but not Literally, maybe that's why I don't like this se- this season, and I feel disappointment. Maybe not in the in the story of this season, or how it was made or told, but more disappointed in myself. Like I was looking for the darkest twists, the craziest theories, 
and they didn't come true. Maybe that's I'm disappointed in myself, really. Yeah, I think that's what Bob's <laughs> trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> we disappointed ourselves in this in this practice. Yeah, right? I I think that we are to I am to blame for the level of enjoyment that I had in the show, or the level of enjoyment that I had in the finale. We shouldn't do more of these on good shows. <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun when when we watch things that are. It's more fun. It's 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 fact that. Anything like this is more fun when the thing you watch is terrible. Yeah. You know? Nitpick like, them. It's definitely um it's definitely more of an amuse maybe it wouldn't amuse our listeners, what? but it what? amuses me when we talk about things that are awful. Yeah. Well, right. well let me ask you. Hang on, thing. hang on. No, stop. Okay. We're done. Um <laughs> you, you you just don't know when to be like, okay, I guess we've all no, said like enough things. Yeah, yeah. This. I, well, I, I, this doesn't this can this can wait to the end. Uh, my, my, my this is the end. This we is are the end. end. Well my, my general question is just like, do you you we we got the general consensus that this episode we just didn't really like it that much. But did you like the show? Yeah, I like the show a lot. I just I my again I just I'm yeah. I'm I ruined it. We, we, I think I ru- I think we ru- I knowingly ruined it for myself by doing this. Episode so. was number four out of eight. Mm-hmm. Um, the season is still second to the first season. I like this. Yeah, I think I feel the same way about you. But like, I like this show still. Like, I I did like the show, and I don't think that the practice of doing this podcast actually deteriorated my 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 enjoyment. I just I, I still like the show. You probably an- overanalyze every show you watch. Yeah, I do. Yeah, there you go. What do you think of the meetup with the daughter finally? Another disappointment. It's like what? So there was nothing. You made me believe that there was some tragic event that separated them or that she, she ran away from him. Did I lose you? No, Dad. Okay. Mm. Next scene. Next what about what about Henry finding the note or taking the note from oh. Wayne after, after Wayne gives it to him, looks at it, very quickly crumples it up, like, don't worry about this. This is nothing. Goes to put it in a drawer, looks at it again, mm. puts it in his pocket. It's very weird to me. I think it's kind of like season one at the end, where it's like they're they're wrapping up. All right, well, I guess this is the end for this case. Let's go on to the next or something like that. Marty and, and Russ. Yeah, I think they're just trying to give you some kind of hope. But by that point, you're all like, eh, fuck this. Who cares? I don't know. See, what I wanted, what I wanted to get to was when, now we're here. Go play with your grandkids. Um, Roland shows up little continuity thing where he's got the dog in the front seat but doesn't bring the dog out of the car. <laughs> um, I noticed that too. You know, they're all sitting on the porch. Drinking um, iced tea. Yeah, drinking iced tea, watching the kids play. And then it's a very sort of picturesque moment. And I had this feeling where I went, is this real? It felt really dreamy to me. To the point where I don't really... I'm like, is the daughter there? Like, it's like I don't know. Some of this could be stupid, but it it just didn't. I was trying to I was trying to understand whether or not any of this was throw happening. Your, throw another theory in it. Why not? Well, yeah. I got to. So to me, I felt that was kind of good. So I, this this yesterday, I watched this episode, and then Susanna showed me a video of her family celebrating her grandfather's uh, birthday. Her grandfather has dementia. And 
there's this moment where they're like saying happy birthday and he's clapping and all this stuff. And he's got this like genuine look of like, he's so happy. He's so in that moment. And he says one thing while he's like in the middle of it. He goes in Spanish because he, 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 he goes from like speaking Chinese to Spanish to English. And he never like really finishes a sentence in any particular language. And in this case, he's like so happy and so in the moment. And he goes in Spanish life is good and when I saw that scene in, in, in the show I saw that same thing and I go it's a little bit surreal but because he lives in the moment and he also suffers through the same like dementia he's really in that moment really cherishing it because ultimately that's all he really has it's kind of sad but beautiful at the same time did you feel any like flat circle stuff in this final episode, I started to wonder whether the whole point of the show was kind of like, this is just history repeating itself. Not like none of this matters. I, I, I felt like very intentionally the plot moved away from that. Right? Like there, there, there was no, like, I wonder if it's a, it was a failure that we didn't get a big, uh, a really big climax or, some real satisfying sort of bomb dropping versus <laughs> no, the whole point is that the whole point is almost to confirm what Russ says in season one. It's like time doesn't matter. There's also a lot of those cut scenes back and forth where again, we see characters looking at themselves, but not through, you know, as we edit through the 90 to 2015, you know, in the car, it's pretty obvious, but it happens at the, at the VFW. Um, so, like, I don't know. I just wonder if the whole point was that this is just how it ends. I mean, there's mm -hmm. clearly this image of the kids riding the bikes, and you're like, well, that's, that's, that's what we saw with Julian Will. His grandkids are, like, roughly the same age. Um, his kids were roughly the same age. You know, all the kids are, like, the same age like an older boy and a younger girl, um, right? His kids, his grandkids, and the Purcell kids. Most of the mysteries were solved with the simplest answers. And we're led to believe that, or they're trying to make us believe that there's something crazier. And then it just comes back and just like, no, there's nothing special about any case. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think that you're... If it is this circular narrative that just like time repeats itself, history repeats itself, the fact that there are these two kids on bikes around the same age as Julie and, and you know, uh, her brother Will, and the, the, the theme of this show is that every time there's a breakup, there is a conclusion to something, a character walks through some kind of threshold. And at the very end, you have... Uh, Wayne looking at the two kids riding bikes down and it's immediately transported to Vietnam being in a jungle and walking through the equivalent of like a jungle threshold which is brush well that's the final scene this is the second to last scene because after when he goes into that zone we get to the bar where they get back together yeah and they walk through a door right they decide right. they're gonna get married and they fucking go through the door yeah I mean that scene I don't know. I don't know if that was important. 
again, like I'm at odds with the how with with some of the some of the scenes, some of the the exposition, the storytelling, because most of the scenes tell us things that we already they lead to things we already know happen. It's they're answering they're supposed to be answering like other questions like about the characters like for instance when they make up and get married you're like well obviously they're going to because Mm -hmm. like we know that from from all the 2015 stuff like we know they got married we know they had a life together um at that point do you even care yeah i don't know i mean i wanted to know how milia goes how she dies yeah yeah it could be intentional that we don't find out like it doesn't matter i yeah i'd like to know what yeah i more so than the show i want to know what the people who took this even more seriously than us the people who are like all the stuff that we read like who the people who wrote those things how did they feel about the final episode and i kind of want to know what the regular casual watcher thinks of this like i would i would love to hear someone say i really liked it i was surprised by the end or like i was confused i didn't know what was going on all this kind of i i can't get there right now because Mm -hmm. we picked apart so much stuff and we had such an expectation that every little thing we saw was going to come back and be worthwhile and anyone listening to this long ass final wrap-up episode is gonna like you probably hear the disappointment in our voices that well the theories we read and the stuff that we thought like we threw out a lot of options and there wasn't really wasn't one thing of significance that we, we didn't mention. Like so you'd mention something and then I'd mention something else and you'd be right or vice versa. But ultimately it was like, yep, every, like we created the, a, like a thing we put out every, all the multiple choice answers. And the answer to every question was one of those multiple choice answers. You know, <laughs> like we each picked one that might've been different. But there was not a lot of like, oh, D, none of the above. There was not a lot of that. Yeah. And, I, and again, I, I like, would I have enjoyed the full experience of the show up till this finale more if I just hadn't thought about it that much? I know there's like I, one way <clears throat> that you can hear how, what people think about this show. Oh, God. <laughs> Do it, Alex. <laughs> okay, Alex. You can uh, let us know on Twitter by um, using our handle uh add to list pod and you can email us oh yeah who's who does email okay you can email us too if you wanted to info at add to list podcast.com because that's really short anyways that's that (laughs) you can also leave a really scathing review on any platform that podcasts or delivered to I mean, you. we'd prefer you didn't leave a scathing review. <laughs> we prefer if you don't like it to just Google Podcast, let it go away. Apple Podcasts, and um, Stitcher, yeah. Stitcher, and Overcast, Mitcher, all these things. Liker. <laughs> well, well, now that we've uh, sleepily walked through the plugs and where to find the show, this is gonna. We're gonna b- probably break after this. Now that this show's over, we're gonna be back at a certain point after a brief hiatus to maybe do some movies to another show um i don't know i think regardless of what we're gonna do we're gonna um i think you should follow us on twitter at add to list pod because we'll probably announce it there that's yeah. the easiest way to do it we don't really have like a newsletter thing because as alex stated who the fuck uses email can you do <laughs> polls on twitter polls yeah i don't know yeah you can do twitter polls oh, okay all right Need to hire someone in their early 20s, though, to manage our social media. 
social we know media. somebody like that who wait i don't need, don't even say no, anything. okay <laughs> let's let's wrap it up yeah so we'll just uh follow us on twitter and we'll probably announce what the next thing and when we're gonna uh, uh get off of break and when we're gonna continue this thing all over again stick with us stay subscribed stay tuned give us a five-star review yeah, <laughs> we're begging for it. Please, <laughs> please help us. Help us continue to create long-winded Excellent. content. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be back. Bye. Later. Bye.